join me in our call to worship. Incline your ear and hear my words and apply your mind to my teaching so that your trust may be in the Lord. I have made them known to you today. Let us worship God. Gracious loving God, we thank you that we are able to be here and gather here today to worship and praise you. We ask that you be with all those that we have lifted up in prayer this morning, but we ask that you be with all those that we have also left silently on our hearts. You know what they are. You know what prayers we are too afraid to ask for. We ask that you take those and we lift them up to you so you can do what you will with those. We ask that you be with all those that are traveling and you see them all safely home. We ask that you be with all of us as we continue to journey and journey towards you. We are still children in our journey and we ask that you be with us every step of that way and that we always feel your loving and guiding arms around us. And we ask all this with your prayer your son taught us so long ago. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Gracious loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our first scripture lesson comes from the book of Psalms, Psalm 125. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people. For this time on and forevermore. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, so that the righteous might not stretch out their hands to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who turn aside to their own crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
next scripture lesson comes from the letter of James, James 2. My brothers and sisters, do you, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here, please, while to the one who is poor you say, stand there or sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blasphemy the excellent name that it was evoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the laws of tr as transgressors. For whoever keeps the law, the whole law, but fails in one point, has become accountable for all of it. For the one who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. Now if you do not commit adultery, but if you murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged by the law of liberty. For judgment will be without mercy to anyone who shows no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but you do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or a sister is naked and lacks daily food and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. This passage in James tells us we must have more than just faith. We must act upon our belief. Our work must balance our faith. Our work is a response to our faith. Our work with the poor, our work with our families, our work with our church families, our work with each other. Sometimes, as you were listening a little bit with me with the children today, sometimes, as most families do, we hurt each other and we may not even know it. We can devalue a loved one. We can take purpose away from them without blinking an eye, yet we don't even realize that we're doing it. Loved ones hurt each other, but they still love each other. I just wonder how many of us have been hurt by a family member because of a sharp tongue or a quick jab to the gut. Week after week, I stand up here and try to lift people up, encourage them, praise them for their works, but sometimes I miss a person. Sometimes I may say something that hurts. And it's not because I'm really being mean-spirited, because, but because I had blinders on. We all have done this at some point in our lives, but we're still supposed to care for our families and for our loved ones. This family, this church family that I am so honored to be a part of is a loving and caring family, but we still, we still need to take care of each other. There have been some, like Herb, 
who joined this church on April 9th, 1950, who was elected as a trustee in 1986 and 1993, who was ordained as an elder on January 8th, 1989, and he was installed again in 92, 97, 99, 2005, 2008, and 2012. And probably most of the time he served on the Buildings and Grounds Committee and served as the clerk of session. He took care of this building and each of us with his blood, sweat, and tears. We have Ruth Scheibel who joined this congregation on October 30th, 1977 and was ordained and installed as a deacon in January 2002. Ruth made sure that every Tuesday at 9.30 she would come here, at least since I have been called to this church, which was the March of 2008. She was here every Tuesday morning at 9.30 to make sure that this sanctuary was in pristine shape that the woods shined and the carpets were cleaned. She did that with the help of Barbara Hobie, who also became a member on October 2nd, 1960, and who was also ordained and installed as an elder in January of 2001, along with being ordained and installed a deacon on January 25th, 1987, and reinstalled again in 1989. Again, Barbara and Ruth did not do this alone. There was also our friend John Keller, who joined the family on April 9, 1995, and was ordained and installed as an elder January 1999. John did all the heavy lifting and all the real dirty cleaning, like the bathroom, so that on Sunday mornings, if we had guests, they were clean. Week in and week out, they cleaned up after me, which was no small feat most of the time. These are just a few of the people in this congregation that take care of their family members and of some of their needs. They did not give of their time all these years because they wanted a pat on the back. They didn't want me saying their names today. They didn't ask for that. But they did it because they love this church and they love each and every one of you. They showed their faith in action, not just in words. Now, I know there's some of you out there thinking and saying, well, what about all that I do for the church, and, and why not mention me? But it's not about that, and trust me, I know how much people do around this church, for this church family. When Herb was on Buildings and Grounds, he stood up here and he asked for help to keep this church clean, and people stood up to the plate and they helped. I know how much Ray and Marie give to this church, especially the first Sunday of every month when Marie makes her wonderful baked goods. I know how much Tom and Deb put into the homegrown breakfast. I know how much Cliff does behind the scenes to make sure our floors are clean, the leaks are fixed, and the fences are up, and the buildings are not falling down. I know how much the Tynans, the Cross, the McDades, the Cosses, the Yorks, the Conigans, the Lighties, the Donaldsons, the Whites, the Youngs, and I know I miss people. I know how much you all love this church and this church family. But if someone in your church family hurt you by accident, would you give up on them or really sit back and think, I know, I know they love me? Sometimes, let's face it, it's nice to be acknowledged on how our works and our good deeds are noticed. But is that why we do the work, or is, it, or is the work an expression of our faith? 
The scriptures tell us we cannot have faith without works, without being active in our faith. Our works tell others how much we love them and how much we need them and how much we would be lost without them. Our works, our helping a friend in a time of need or sickness tells them that they matter. Or if we're on the receiving end, that we matter. Now, a couple weeks ago, I was pretty sick. When we did the hymn sing, John Lighty and his son jumped up to help me because I couldn't sing. The following week, Jody stepped up to the pulpit and ran the service except for the, the sermon portion because I couldn't speak. This shows me that they care about me without them saying a word to me. Their actions spoke louder than words. The scripture says in James 2, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but you do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or a sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. Our faith, and I know this from the bottom of my heart, our faith is alive and well in this church family. But sometimes we have to remind ourselves to make sure we take care of each other and supply what is needed to be sustained. We need to have our eyes and our hearts open, wide open, for what is being asked of us even when we don't hear the words. No one, no one in this family is replaceable or unimportant. No one in this family wants to hurt another. No one is any less or more loved than the other. And our faith and our continued action as a response to that faith is to be a daily part of our lives and our family's lives. We are alive. We are faithful. We are workers of the faith. We are family.
I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. As you leave this place, just think about it for a while. 
think about it for the next 20 years if you need to. How strong is your faith? Are you a Stephen, which is an awesome thing, or are you a Stephen in progress? I'd venture to say the majority of us are Stephens in progress. So know that God is always with you. God will always be with you through thick and thin as you go on that journey. And may the shalom of God, the love, compassion of Christ, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Thank you.